0: Welcome to Coding the Future with Dr. Sharon Jones. This is an education-based show focusing on tech careers and how to incorporate the important aspects of technology in your current work. Each show brings you closer to tech success. Now, here's your host, Dr. Sharon Jones. Hello everyone
1: and welcome back to Coding the Future. I am so honored that you are joining us for another hour of fun, learning, and listening to experts in the field. Coding the Future is an education-based show to give information and action tips to working adults and educators to guide them to a new level of tech savvy through leveraging their own skill set. We share the inside scoop on tech trends, explain how to leverage current technology in your career, and explore how your talents can be the key to your tech success. Remember, technology doesn't have to be scary. It's a part of what we do in our everyday lives and in our careers. So how do we leverage who we are and what we're great at to really make that tech come to life? I'm your host, Dr. Sharon Jones. I'm an educator, a technologist, an entrepreneur, Mom of two crazy boys, nine and six, a lover of all things coffee and wine, in particular Chardonnay, an avid list maker and a lifelong learner. And I am so honored that you have joined us today. Today, we have a really... Awesome show prepared. And, you know, I think I say this a lot, but today I have a little bit of a girl crush because I reached out to this uh, amazing woman because I saw her book. I saw her book and I was like, this is. This is it. This is what shows how we can begin to continue to have this conversation around empowering girls. So today on the show, I have Kate T. Parker with me, who is a mother, wife, Iron Man, professional photographer, and New York Times best-selling author. I mean, pitch me. Who shoots both personal projects and commercial work for her clients? The book that I picked up and that kicked off um, her book series is "Her Strong Is the New Pretty." is a photo series. Photo series, excuse me, led which led to collaborations with brands such as Disney, Athleta, Kellogg's, and NBC. It has also inspired Kate to launch a philanthropic arm, partnering with organization organizations such as Girls on the Run, Girl Up, and the Arthur Blank Family, Disney, Glam for Good, and The Bully Project by investing in children's health and education. Kate is also the author of Strong is a New Pretty, The Guided Journal, and The Heart of a Boy and Play Like a Girl. Her work has been featured in Huffington Post, O Magazine, Whoop, whoop A Mighty Girl, Vogue, Red Book, New York Magazine, People. Good Morning America, Shape Magazine, oh my goodness, we go on, BuzzFeed, Self Magazine, Daily War, CNN, Vanity Fair, and many more. And it was included, Strong as a New Pretty, was included in the best books of 2017 Amazon. Holy moly, Kate, literally, this is a moment of a pinch me because I reached out, as I said, I found your book when I was with my family and at Carolina Beach, and I picked it up because it just encompasses so much about where we wanna go in the conversation in empowering young women to see their inner selves as the reason, as pretty, as strong, as that they are here for a a purpose. So
2: Kate, welcome to the show and thank you so much for your time today. Oh my gosh, thank you so much for having me. And thanks for all that you do for girls and getting them exposed and um, educating them on um, technology and computers and making it something that feels accessible.
1: Thank you. I appreciate that. It's, um, it's a pure joy. And as you know, it happens, you know, when you start walking in your passion and you realize this is what you were meant to be. I mean, I am a mom of two boys, you know, and my boys are simply amazing. I I love them to pieces. And, but I love the power of working with young women, especially the middle girl, middle girl age. It's just such a cool time and it's a cool time in their life to, um, see them grow and develop. So I appreciate that. But tell us a little bit about you. I'd love for our, you know, I read your very amazing bio, but I'd love for you to tell our listeners what is something that maybe not everybody knows about you.
2: Um. So I, it's funny, like the, my bio, it's, it's funny, it's, it sounds like cool. And like, I'm not afraid of things. And I am such, I'm a, such a scared, I'm kind of a fearful person. I don't like to fly. Um, I don't, I don't like, I don't like open water swimming. Um, I'm very afraid of that, but I didn't iron like iron man. And I, and so, and I fly, well, I used to pre COVID, but I fly all the time for work. So all like, I, I worry, I, you know, I'm like, if you see me on a plane, I'm like gripping the handles and, um, and, but a, a lot of that stuff, like I do not want to let fear get in the way of things that I believe in. Like I have, I have a, I'm very fearful, but I'm also like super, I have a bad temper <laughs> and I'm super driven and I don't mm-hmm. want to let those things slow me down at all. Um, so I think, yeah, like uh, it's, um, it's, 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 I guess sometimes it seems from the outside, like things are, are easy or or effortless but it, it is it is um not it's funny like whenever I'm on a book tour um you know people you know because I'll be in like four cities in a week and doing and I do not like public speaking like I, I remember I avoided it my whole life and I have to you know basically if I'm on a book tour I have to be you know go on tv and and do speeches and um people are like that sounds so cool and I'm like it is so hard for me to do those things, you know, and I think but the thing I think the important thing, especially for like for my girls, I want them to know like, yes, I'm afraid of it. Yes, it's scary, but I believe in this message and I believe in this thing that I'm doing so much. It's worth it. Like, I don't want to let that fear stop me or, or, or distract me from what I'm trying to get out there.
1: I absolutely love that you just shared all of those pieces of fears for you, because that is so relevant. We all have fears. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. I'm <laughs> I'm not so much scared of open water, but I, and, and I and I love to swim. But I have this we have a lake near us and I go to this lake all the time and yeah. I do not. I'm a fear of touching the bottom. Like oh, I don't yeah. want to touch the muddy bottom. Like it freaks oh. me out. Those, like vines will come up and pull you down. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> don't want to do all that. But and I love that you mentioned that you were afraid of flying. That's a very common fear, but you have stepped into that fear in walking and doing your work, which is yeah. photography. So let's talk a little bit about your background. I'm gonna I want to talk about your projects because those are incredible. But tell me a little bit about how you have become a professional photographer and what how has that journey come to be?
2: Um, So I think I probably have a pretty atypical um, journey into photography. So I'm, I'm like wholly self-taught, but my background. So one of my first jobs out of college, um, I was a a video editor um, at CNN. So I live in Atlanta. So CNN, you know, CNN is, is, is our local, our local news. Um, So I was an editor there. So making things on the screen, compelling and telling stories that way. And then. Then I moved to an ad agency, and I was a producer, so I was producing commercials, uh, again, making things compelling on screen. And then um, 15 years ago, I had my first daughter, and I was home with her and desperately needed – I loved, loved being a mom, but I needed something for me, which mm-hmm. is also when I did my Iron Man so I was like, I, you know, my background is I was, you know, I played college sports and um, my background is athletics. So that was kind of what I went to first. I was like, okay, I need something for myself. I'll go back to athletics. Like this is, yeah. you know, it, it was, it took time, you know, training for an Ironman is pretty all encompassing, but, um, but then I also picked up my camera and was shooting her all the time, shooting her all the time, trying to match, my skill level to my taste level. And I was trying to like get these things to sort of meet up. Um, and I would just learn one thing on YouTube like, how do I get one, one, like her eye in focus and never the whole background blurry. And then I would, I would master that and I'd move on to the next thing and the next thing and the next thing and just trying to teach myself how to, how to create pretty pictures. And, and also, I didn't love the images that I saw of like babies. And mm-hmm. little girls, especially, you know, in the South, I didn't, they looked like so perfect. And and then, you know, I had my second daughter and my girls are like, they're crazy. I mean, they were just <laughs> like I was. They're crazy and loud and and they don't smile for me. They don't, you know, they're, they're just super full of it and full of personality and very spirited. And I wanted to show that part of them. Like, I didn't want them to like, go put on a cute outfit or brush their hair because that's not who they were. And so that's kind of how I, I was like, I really just want to shoot, take pictures as a photographer telling the truth and showing these, showing these like personalities of these girls that I saw and I was kind of in awe of that um, I loved so much that they would, you know, be screaming or crying or yelling or had knots in their hair or would walk around with pacifier when they were way too old for a pacifier. Um, those kind of things are, are, what I, I, I found so interesting. Um, like I love when people strip away the sort of artifice. Like I remember th- like loving in college when I would see my friends with their, with their glasses on instead of their contacts. Mm-hmm. And I've always, I think it's cause it's like, you're not, you're not pretending or, you know what I mean? Like, I feel like mm-hmm. it's, that, that's the real you. So that's kind of what I wanted to photograph.
1: Well, I like what you said. There was something that uh, that I thought was really interesting is that you you wanted something for yourself, and I can absolutely connect with that because when I had my son, I went back to work teaching, and I debated about staying home for a little bit, but I knew I needed something for me. It, I was I'm just a career driven person. In addition to I love my children; they're amazing humans, yes. but that was part of what I needed too. But Two things you mentioned. One was the Ironman. You went back to what you knew, which mm-hmm. was athletics. But there is a discipline in that athletics that I think is so remarkable that also, to me, reflected in your training and learning to take pictures because yeah. you started with one little piece, mastered it, and then went yeah. to the next?
2: Yes, exactly. Like I was, yeah, I was, I, I would shoot every day. I would shoot all, like all, every single day and hold myself accountable. And it's funny, now I'm trying to get better at video, like incorporate video. So now I'm like challenging my, I feel like I'm back in the same place with, with video. And like, you know, I'm, it's, it's so much fun and video and back in to video and editing again, where I'm like challenging myself to capture little moments of joy in the day, but with video this time. So, yeah, I think it's always been there. That sort of like, um, I don't know, I guess just like the discipline of of like, well, what do you want to do? What then you got to work to get there? You know, that sort of like hard work um, and not resting on anything.
1: No. Yeah, I completely agree. Because and the other piece that you mentioned was that you were scared Mm -hmm. you you had a fear especially with the Iron Man piece you also weren't exactly sure you knew you wanted something with the photography you just hadn't quite figured out exactly what you wanted and I like that you had the persistence to keep going and even if it wasn't perfect you didn't give up you kept going
2: yeah I remember when I started so I started as a photographer I started shooting families and weddings and I remember saying because it was um I just felt, I don't know how I had this. Or I had this idea that I was like, I am shooting it this as I shoot my own kids. Like I did not want to shoot, um, very posy things or, and so like I yeah. basically just put out there what I wanted to shoot. And I think I did it way before I was actually ready. Cause like, I just think I was just so, I just wanted, I wanted, I wanted to, I was just so passionate about it. I wanted to start this business. I wanted to grow. I wanted to, um, I wanted to challenge myself. And I was like, again, I was so scared. I remember before my first family shoot, I was like, couldn't sleep. And I was so, um, I was just so nervous. And, and I should have been nervous. I did not know what I was doing. <laughs> but I mean, I got I got some great shots. Like I, they were happy with it. So it was a good experience. But yeah, I think pushing and, and challenging and kind of more like Acting like I knew when I didn't really know is is stuff. I mean, it's stuff that I still use to this day. What's the saying that you do? Fake it till you make it. You know. I mean,
1: I I use that a lot too. But but you're not totally faking it because you had some skill. You taught yourself some piece. You just hadn't been in that particular situation before. So you knew going into it, you had some kind of parameters. But it was a matter of you hadn't experienced that Mm -hmm. yet and yeah. then once you've had one experience on your belt then of course you grow into the other pieces
2: exactly yeah yeah and i mean i still use that today on on commercial jobs so you know and especially now during covid you know there's so many so many changes mm-hmm. and things of like hey have you ever shot a person virtually um no, why would I ever, you know, why in the past would I ever have to do that? But I'm like, yeah, of course we can do that. We can, and then scrambling and trying to figure out, okay, how do we shoot a person that we can never see? How does this work? Okay. And then, you know, just like fact finding and, um, do, you know, like doing all of these, all of this background work to try and, um, learn and, and figure out how to sort of adapt and change with what, what is expected of us. Yeah. You know,
1: I, put that into a concept called computational thinking. When I'm I'm working with educators and students, I talk about this concept of computational thinking, which is breaking down a problem. There's four things around uh, or that fall into this mindset, which is decomposition, pattern matching, abstraction, and algorithm. Mm-hmm. And just like you so my brain is all is going through the same process how would you shoot somebody virtually you know that's our problem so you immediately start decomposing in your brain okay let's break this problem down into smaller pieces that are more attainable just like you did when you were learning how to shoot and then you do the pattern matching piece where you begin to find patterns Mm -hmm. either a in your history or b and what and the facts that you're beginning to find yeah then in abstraction you take out what you don't need. You could yeah. just, you get all this information. You're like, oh, I don't need this and I don't need that. And then you eventually come up with your algorithm or the steps you're going to take to actually execute the action, solve the problem, you know, get from point A to point B. And a lot of that happens instantaneously. And then a lot of it takes time and practice where we have to keep going back on our back to things, our history of things that we've done in order to solve that. So, you know, and I, I've never been more apt to do this now than ever in the pandemic, because I, I feel like every day there's a, a new hurdle we have to get over.
2: Yes. Yeah. No, it was, it was really, it was like kind of the changes and it was overwhelming. But then as soon as I like, I look at, I looked at it as more of a, okay, this is not the first time, some, this is not the last time somebody's going to ask for this. and um And I have to figure this out. You know, and then right. and then we figured it out. You know, you I basically did informational interviews with other photographers, and and now I feel super, like well versed to speak on it. You know, mm-hmm. like, which and it's it's just you know it's just like you're just challenge and grow in, in new ways every day, which is one of the things I love about photography. I feel like it's it's um, my role is 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 to make good pictures, but the chief role is to problem solve basically
1: oh my gosh I couldn't say that any but I, I all the time I feel like that's our chief role in almost any role that we're in in yeah. career path is that problem solving we have something that's been presented to us presented yeah. to us and how are we going to solve it or master it or get from point a to point b whatever that may look yeah. like which mm-hmm. leads me to the question you know as you have as you mentioned you've had to do a lot of different research and finding as we've entered the pandemic but yeah. what are some of the technologies that you are researching right now to help, amplify your craft and continue to find new ways to use photography?
2: Um, so, I mean, I think uh, like the remote shooting, I think is such a cool, like, cause a lot of, a lot of the jobs I do are pharmaceutical jobs. So mm-hmm. it would be a patient that is compromised already. You cannot bring a crew into their home. And so trying to figure out a way, but I'll, to get, help them figure out how to set up a a camera and all this stuff to shoot something that looks professional in their own home um which i thought was really interesting so um and then also what another one of the things that we've had to do is um when we're when we're actually shooting the client is not on set they also need to see everything as it's coming in so we've had to figure out how to remotely stream everything, including video in stills. So it's, it's, um, and then it's funny, because there, there didn't used to be a job for it. But now it's called streaming specialist that you have to include on all your estimates. And, um, and it's just people that that are because it's funny, it's like, literally in the last month, I'm like, Oh, that's the name of that person. You know, because it, it was not a job before. And, you know, you need to have, you know, just as everything, you need to have COVID compliance officers on sets and Mm -hmm. making sure, you know, which are so helpful because they'll, you forget when you're working, you get close to somebody and they're like, hey, you need six feet or coming behind you and cleaning. And um, it's just, it's kind of like fundamentally changed how the set is run and how it works and um, how, how to, you know, how to, how to do my job um, has changed, but. The thing is, I don't want the end product to look like it's changed. I want the end product to still feel authentic and real and full of energy and joy and happiness and color. And um, and you you don't want to see all of the sort of work we do behind the camera to make it feel effortless.
1: Yeah. You, and I like that you said there was a new job called the streaming specialist. Mm-hmm. We talk a lot about this in the tech world that a lot of times we're preparing students for jobs that don't even exist yet. Yes. And that job just really popped up, of course, like you said, yeah. over the past couple of months, you know, that's, and somebody has pivoted, you know, oh, that, that famous word we yeah. don't love anymore, but to be able to fulfill yes. that need yeah. for you. Yeah.
2: Cause they, like there, we used to have somebody and we still do somebody that handles all of the data and backs up all the data. And then, um, but to find somebody that can stream to multiple people all over the country, stills that are coming in as they're coming in and video and audio is difficult. It's like running your own kind of mini TV station. And, um, and then, and also, okay, if you're getting feedback from your client, how is that getting relayed to the photographer? You know, um, it's just a whole sort of different flow of, and then sometimes the client doesn't want the agency doesn't want the client to hear what they're, you know, there's all these sort of different, like, um, it's a giant jigsaw puzzle Yes and trying to figure it all out um, It's been Difficult but like And it's so funny I remember um, My pre-production on, my, on one of my First post-COVID shoots I was like I don't like this I don't do I want to do this anymore I, I, I really like I, I, It was so much work And so stressful and I was just like I'm not sure I want to do this anymore and then The second we got to the set and I started Shooting I was like oh that's, I do, I love this. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's, um, and I think it just gets, it's one of those things that, that technology has helped so much in making these things possible, you know, and also making things somewhat more accessible and easier in the future post COVID, you know, like recognizing mm-hmm. you maybe don't have to come to set or, you know, oh, maybe we can do that remote. I don't know. I just think it's opened up options and avenues that were, were there before, but were not exercised.
1: I agree with that. There was a fear of what would this look like if we did it virtually, you know, and then you just yes. don't have a choice. Yes. So it's, you know, problem solving and coming up with a way to do it, which leads me to a question that I'd like to know: What is a risk that you have taken that has really paid off?
2: Oh, um, that's a good one. I, I mean, so the thing that start, they basically like sort of started all of strongest new pretty was stemmed from what I thought was a giant failure. And honestly, unquestionably was a giant failure. Um, So I was part of a, I did a gallery show here in Atlanta, um, which I was so excited. And it was all of my, all of the strongest new pretty work. But up until that point, I hadn't realized really what I was shooting until I saw the 20 strongest images on a wall. I was like, Oh, this is about showcasing these girls and, and showing girls that they can be um beautiful and confident and that what they look like is so much less important than what they're doing and, and how they're treating other people. Um and at that gallery show, nothing sold. Like not one single image. They're literally all upstairs. I have them all in my um my di- or like it's stupid, I guess it's a great room, whatever. Whatever the room is we don't use ever. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, they're all on the wall there. And I felt like a huge failure for a couple of days, and then I got angry. I, my little temper flared, and I was like, "You know what? I still think there's something here." And I guess the risk I took was I just decided to start sending it out to blogs that I followed. Um, and I wrote up like a little paragraph about what it was about, a couple of links to images, and I got ignored. And then I just would—I just d- was determined. I would find five places to send it to every day. I didn't hear anything. I didn't hear anything. I didn't hear anything. And then I would, I did this for like, I don't know, maybe a couple of weeks and then one blog ran it and I was like, Oh, this is so awesome. And then, then another blog saw that and ran it again. And then slowly like it started to pick up steam. And then all of these places that I had reached out to initially that I got nothing from were like, Hey, we'd love to run strong as new, pretty, you know, do you have any more images or, and then it was on like CNN, the today show and, and then that the book deal happened from all of that coverage. So if I hadn't have if I hadn't pushed the idea that I had or that passion that I had for that idea or taken that first no as a final no, like nothing would have happened.
1: That is really inspirational, and again goes back to that word persistence. Mm-hmm. That to me is a, what I am seeing throughout your work and what you are doing is mm-hmm. persistence and yeah. that's incredible. I want to talk more about your project, and then I want to talk a little bit about the importance of photography and video for a business and for an, even for an individual that is building their own brand. You, yeah. you know, we, we're branded as individuals in addition to whatever we do as a career, but we're going to talk about it when we come back. I really want to talk more about your projects because those have been very impactful for me, But also that power of the photography around it. Um, So more with Kate when we come back, stay with us. We're going to tell you how to reach out and find more about her work when we come back. In the meantime, if you've enjoyed what you've heard so far, please hit subscribe and follow us on that Voice America network or download us on one of the podcast apps of Apple or Spotify or whatever you choose. Uh, You just search for Coding the Future with Dr. Sharon Jones. And I appreciate you. We'll be back in just a minute.
0: From face-to-face training to blended training techniques, The Dot Consulting delivers distinct advantage for organizations looking to grow. We help you invest in technology knowledge through training, experimental learning, and community connections. Employees create an overall collective sharpness, savviness, and greater productivity using technology as a tool, thus increasing the technological speed and quality of the expertise in your organization. The Dot Consulting, a new level of tech savvy, visit the dot, consulting dot co. the world needs more women with tech skills at the dotty rose foundation we encourage support and educate girls who have an interest in technology and want to learn how it can be used to enhance their learning and future careers. Our camps demonstrate that most future career paths will benefit from developing a wide range of increasingly important technology and software skills. We accomplish this through mastering computational thinking, boosting self-confidence, and creating new possibilities for each girl. Visit dottyrosefoundation.org. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You are listening to Coding the Future with Dr. Sharon Jones. We invite you to connect with the show today by calling in to 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You may also send an email to Sharon at the.consulting.co. Now, back to Coding the Future.
1: Welcome back to the second segment of Coding the Future with my guest, Kate Parker. We have been chatting about her love of photography, her career, how she has used persistence and learning and really walking in her craft to find her love of using photography to really show the truth. That's one thing she mentioned in the first half about really using photography to show the truth and not something that's staged and planned and working little by little little to master different elements to really bring that to life. So, Kate, I want to talk a bit about Strong is the New Pretty was the first book that you came out with and you said you'd had 20 images you'd put it up on as a show and that that didn't really go where you thought, but you didn't give up and I, and that's something I'm uh, that just really makes me like, my I'm cheering in the air for that because so often we'll just toss it to the side. Mm-hmm. But that led to other projects. So tell me a little bit about, so Strong's New Pretty comes out, you've got the 20 photos to begin with and that grows. Yeah. And then how does
2: that lead into your other projects? Um, so, so yeah and then, and then so I spent two years shooting so at, up to that point actually I, I guess strong as you pretty was was really a personal project and went in, in, and it was my daughters and their friends um, who are are not representative of all girls and all strengths and it was really interesting because that project, went out online, you know, and and on wide, you know, on BuzzFeed and CNN and all these places that are, have a pretty broad audience. And there was a lot of praise, but also like some criticism, which at the time, because I had said, you know, um, it doesn't, I had said in the, in the articles like that, I, you know, that it doesn't matter what you are interested in. Um, we're trying to celebrate our daughters for who they are. But The girls had shot up to that point were not girls that loved princess dresses or were dancers or were, um, you know, music or like singers or anything like that. They were athletes. And, And the criticism was, well, my daughter loves princesses. What's wrong with that? And I was like, no, read the article. I said, there's nothing wrong with that. But I, and I realized that if I, you know if I could do it again which I actually had the chance to in the book I have to show it. I have to show all kinds of girls and all kinds of strengths. So um, I wanted anybody picking up Strong's You Pretty or any of the, the book to find somebody that, that they could relate to and somebody that inspired them. So um, it's, you know, you're not, strong girls are not just athletic girls. Strong girls are are girls that are standing up for others, that are helping others, that are kind to others, that are, you know volunteers that are dancers that are musicians that are singers all of these things so I really wanted to expand that definition and and have as much diversity in the project as possible and then so after Strongest New Pretty came out um I it was so funny I was I was driving driving home from the beach and I just had this like lightning bolt moment of we need a journal like what about a journal for for these girls that takes the ideas of strong as you pretty but puts them into action for these girls? And it was so funny. I emailed my agent. He loved the idea, and I basically wrote all of the prompts with my family on the way home from the beach. And then, like, yeah, it was it was honestly like it's it's like such a it's my favorite because it was so effortless. It like just poured out of me. I was like had a hundred prompts by the time I was six hour drive home from the beach. Um, and that, that was just so much fun. Um, and then the following book after that was called The Heart of a Boy, which um, my—it's funny. My publisher, I, I don't have boys. My publisher said, hey, we'd like to do a book about boys like Strongest and Pretty. And I was like, no, not at all. We don't need this. The boys do not need this. And they were like, well, Can you just try? And I said, fine, I'll try. But I really don't think that boys need help or or amplification for me. I thought boys were just fine. And then I did like two or three little test shoots to basically tell them they were wrong. And immediately I was like, what is wrong with you? Our boys, it's the exact same message. Our boys need this maybe even more than our girls Mm -hmm. to know that they are that that vulnerability and kindness and softness is just as okay as strength and um, courage and, and confidence, and no one is telling them that. And so, heart of a boy was was a book basically the same as strong as new pretty, trying to celebrate our boys for who they are. And um, I was so thankful for that project, and it and it really really opened my eyes to something that I was. I don't know, just ignoring or or I don't know. And and now I love when I when I give speeches or I talk, I'm not only talking to half the audience. Like I felt like I felt weird about that. Um, yeah, I can I can see what you're saying, because even in my
1: own work, I celebrate the female or, or those that identify as a female in technology because I also thought that boys didn't need it, but I have two boys of my own and you're exactly right. They needed as much as our girls. And I still celebrate uh, the, the boys and I partner with lots of other organizations. And of course, every child is always welcome in anything that we do. But I also noticed that in my own two children, honoring their sweethearts and and knowing that they can be vulnerable and not like a sport or not yeah. like this. I think that's really that hits home for me too, in terms of uh, celebrating my own two children.
2: Yeah. I mean, I think it's, it's something that I just, I was very, I was like, no, I'm a feminist. I don't, I don't think our boys need this. And then I was like, I was like had blinders on and it was, and, but the thing that I find so interesting is um, that we, I feel like we are much farther along in the conversation about empowering our girls than we are for the one about our boys. Um, I mean, I've been approached tons of times to do commercial jobs. Oh, we love Strong as New Pretty. We want it to look like Strong as New Pretty. Let's do something for our brand that's like Strong as New Pretty. Never ever been approached to do the same for boys, not once. It's just not something that's that- That's interesting. Yeah, and, and I don't, I mean, they're shot, you know, it's not like the photography is not as strong or anything like that. I think it's just the message is farther behind. That it's not an easy message for brands to say. Oh, we'd like to be affiliated with this, or or this is the message we want. Or um, it's
1: assumed. It's assumed, sort of like you, uh, th- that we can even think this assumed that the young man doesn't need this type of. You know, yeah. I think there's a, an assumption there, yeah. cultural. Or
2: assumption. I feel like people maybe if you give a girl "Strong as New, Pretty" it's a compliment to them, but if you give a boy a book about about oh you can be anything you want to be and, and we love you for that it's not as much of a compliment you know it's more mm-hmm. like it's okay that you're this way or you know like I don't I it just it's just sad that 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 our boys are sort of tasked with more about like you know we're, we're trying to break our girls out of a box but I feel like our boys are in a box too but it's just a different looking one.
1: Well, I think that that is a conversation that we need to keep having. And I I believe that Heart of the Boy is a great way to start that conversation and to start that piece of showing that vulnerability through photography, through that visual image. Mm -hmm. Which leads me to my question, why is professional photography so important for a business or a brand? Why Mm -hmm. is that visual component the piece that really opens our eyes to different, to different mindsets and different thoughts.
2: Well, I mean, I think everything today um, is so, there's such a demand on social media on, you know, for content. We, people want to know who you are. They want to know what makes that business tick or what do you love? And what do you, you know, like what makes you interesting and what makes your business stand out? And I think that that photography and honestly, like it, does not even have to be professional. Like, I feel like with an iPhone, you can, especially if it's not living on a billboard, if it's living on your iPhone and somebody else's computer and iPhone, like you can um, you can document your business and your, um, your brand and your personality in such a professional manner with literally what you carry on with you all day. It's just, I think the awareness of what is interesting, like what I like just for you example, like I would love to like hear more about like, com- like the computer science, like, um, and the kids that you get to talk to. And I don't know, I find that so interesting. And I think the more pe- you let people into your world, the more interested they want, and they want to know more. And I just I don't know, I think everyone has a story to tell. And it's just yeah. recognizing that and knowing that what You know, you may find it boring or you may find it routine, but somebody on the outside, it's not. And um, I
1: like that you said that the story piece really is something that I find very intriguing, that we all are attracted to a story Mm -hmm. and being and I find myself wanting to know more about an individual by the pictures that I see. And and, you know, you feel special when they let you into your life a little bit.
2: And when they're honest and self-deprecating and, um, and, and like, don't take themselves too seriously. I think that is so important about, you know, anything, anything, anything that you're trying to, to share or sell, like that you are just, you're just taking sort of an honest approach and a storytelling manner that you're like, you know, this is what I'm doing today or how funny is this or um, you know, look at my dogs. And you know anything. Mm-hmm.
1: So, are there a few tips that you could recommend to an individual or to a brand mm-hmm. if you're thinking about initially Establishing establishing yourself as a brand, are there certain types of photography or images that you should take, or some tips that you could give uh, for someone who's using that iPhone? Yeah,
2: I mean, I think there's video is great, and that's something that I need to get better at. Is Me too. you know, I think you know because I I mean I have still 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 up on my Instagram page, but like video gets more, more you know more hits people respond to video and they'll they'll scroll through your feed and look for the video. And I, the other thing, so I think BTS, like recording behind the scenes stuff, letting people into an area that they would normally not get to see, I think is so it's, it's your, it's sort of your currency. I think that's so interesting. Um, Making sure that you put yourself in there sometimes, like, you know, I don't want to be behind the camera. I don't want to be like shot, but, Sometimes, you, you know, if somebody follows you or subscribes to you, it's because they're interested in you. So pop up once again, you know, now and then. Like say hey to the people that are following you, give them an update, um, putting yourself out there. And um, doing that once in a while, I think is, uh, I mean, you don't have to do it every day where, you know, you're not like a teenage girl, you know, (laughs) but every once in a while, it's not a bad idea to pop up in your own feed. I know, Um, you
1: know, I am the one that I don't like being in the feed. I like to take all the pictures of everybody else, but very good advice. And I really like the concept of behind the scenes. Mm -hmm. We don't think about that that often, but it is really interesting to see how it all comes. It's like, even you mentioned when you have, work through this whole problem solving piece of, of, of shooting virtually all that mm-hmm. behind the scenes piece of all those pieces that went into making that work.
2: Yeah. I mean, I think, and also just transparency. Um, I think it's just huge, you know, like um, I think the, and putting your vulnerability out there, you know, I think people really respond to and, and, and embrace, you know, what are the challenges that you're facing um, how are you? You know, because I feel like especially now everyone is dealing with. You know, no one is at their best. You know. Yes. And um, so, like, just discussing, you know, how are you overcoming this, or how are you figuring this out, or how are your kids doing, or, oh my gosh, just I want to tear my hair out, kind of thing. I think is I think is totally fine to put out there. That
1: feels like my everyday. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, what, what is happening today? This, the, the working full time from home and uh, helping my children through online learning and finding that, I don't even know that there is a balance. I don't really know if that's the word that I'm looking for, but it is. Most days, I feel like my hair is standing on top of my head, and I am not sure what day it might be.
2: I can't tell you how many Zoom calls I've tried to master, like not like te- like putting a hand up. not come in here while like trying to maintain like no effect on my face when I'm like stop it stop it (laughs) it's
1: like that Folgers commercial I laugh every time at the new Folgers commercials where it's like um there's the one where she's drinking her coffee and the little boy is just bopping behind her head and I'm going oh my that's mm -hmm, that's that's my life except for (laughs) mommy
2: mommy you know or like now I'll just get like she'll especially the younger one she'll come over my shoulder and write a note and i'm like i can't i can't i can't like <laughs> if it was a call i think she's used to calls where i could be like you know writing back to her but now i'm like no they'll see me
1: <laughs> it's visual now visual, the the yeah. zoom face is real Yes. So, you know, you've mentioned a couple of times about video and how you want to increase and, and I completely agree with you that video is such a a crucial point of any business brand. It's a crucial and and really fast growing area in the tech field because yeah. so much of what we're doing now of course is online and like you said there's even this new position called a streaming professional or the the streaming expert that is helping you manage all of these things virtually but where do you see photography in five years because in addition to video there's still quite a you know an element of that still photo and that imagery that it brings and and and, and honestly, a lot of times when I think about when I see a still image, I am able to imagine of yeah. what I think that yeah. person is doing.
2: Yeah, I mean, I've I've found in the last couple of years that they, while brands still want stills, they also need content. So they they will combine mm. a stills and a video shoot, and so that way you while you have your talent, you take half the day for stills, you take half the day for video because on their Instagram feed and on their Facebook and on their mailers, they want to make sure they have everything and you want to cover off on everything. So most of my jobs now are both. So I'll be, I'll be directing video and then shooting the stills. And it's just, um, it's not always, it's not always ideal because one will sometimes get short shrift if we don't have enough time. Um, like, you know, sometimes if it's a, a video shoot or commercial shoot, I literally, where I'm not shooting the video, um, I'm just doing stills. I will literally get two minutes to shoot stills. And they're like, okay, come on in. And then I'm like, run in, try to shoot as much as possible. And then they're like, oh, we're moving on. We're cutting, you know. And I'm like, okay. You know, it just would be, um, sometimes you don't you don't get, so it depends what the focus is. Um, if it's 50-50, then you can usually get good stuff. But um, I think the way, that, um, social media has dominated, um, how brands are advertising, you know, now I think that that they need both. They need both stills and video for everything.
1: Do you see more and more individuals using their cellular devices that sounded old using Mm. their, (laughs) their, some type of, uh, iPhone, or I don't want to say, I want to, you know, smartphone. Yeah. Tablet, you know, is there? Do you feel that that also can give you some some great? Oh my imagery? goodness!
2: Yeah, I, that, that I've literally been um, shooting on. I got the iPhone 12 Pro Max. It's not to, like not sponsored by them or anything, but the video quality on that is so good. I got that. Um, I got a couple of like just clip-on lenses that go over my phone, so it's like looks more like a like a professional. And then I got a gimbal, which is like a little. Um, I put my iPhone in there and I can walk around and it sort of like, makes sure that it doesn't shake. The video doesn't shake. Gotcha. So the video on there is gorgeous. Like it looks, especially when it's existing on another iPhone is, it's amazing. And all of that stuff is, you know, it's with you all the time and it's not expensive. And the quality you get is, and you know, you can put in in iMovie, do a quick couple edits and it looks like you had a professional video shoot. I yeah,
1: you know that's one thing I will say is that I have been able to throw a few things in iMovie and I felt pretty impressed with myself because that it would not be my area of expertise. But I like what you mentioned that you also uh, bought a few lenses. Is that something like,
2: yeah, they literally clip over your iPhone. Um, and it like I got a fifty uh, millimeter lens. so it looks. So a 50 millimeter lens looks kind of more what your eye sees and it blurs out sort of like the other. So you can put focus on more specific things. Um, and it just changes, you know, instead of like, and your iPhone zooms in and zooms out and I'm still like sort of experimenting with these lenses. And I also got this other lens that's a anamorphic lens that basically takes um, light and it And it makes, you know, those lens flares that you get if you shoot kind of directly into the sun, it makes them like kind of look Star Wars-y. It makes them Mm -hmm. long and it it looks, it's just very pretty. Um, So that one is more specific. But the, the, the gimbal, I think, is great. The gimbal is, I think it was $80. And it. It just it makes it m- things like it feels like you're, you know, if you were on a film dolly, it's just like kind of zooms in and zooms out, but it, it there's no um, shake to the camera. Ooh,
1: I'm lo- I'm writing all of this down yeah. because I think that's such great tips, especially for people that are getting started that may yeah. not be able to afford to have a professional come mm-hmm. in and take professional photos, but need yes. a, something to yeah. get themselves going. And I would say this for branding, for a business, for yourself, you know, yeah. whatever that might look like, because yeah. as we know, anything we put on on the line, mm-hmm. on the interwebs is yeah. there to stay. So we want it. We want to. Yeah. Yeah, and there's this.
2: If you're also more interested in doing more interviews with people, I got this great thing for my phone that it um it it attaches a microphone and a light to your iPhone. So um, they're both like it's a little light, so it shines on and you're on your subject's face, and it's got a sort of this little boom mic that so the audio is better. So it's not like you're not picking up all the audio from all around you. So it's just more of a like a way if you were instead of getting like pretty video, you wanted to do more in interviewee kind of video. Um, but they, all of this stuff, if you go to like iPhoneography on Amazon, um, and like, there's so many, so many, like not expensive ways to up your game with your, with your phone. Cause the video quality on there is really good.
1: I think that's amazing tips, especially because it, the other thing that can be overwhelming is how to get started or how to even think about doing, not to say that having a professional like yourself to come in and do some at some point is you you still need that because you have the professional eye that you need in in terms of taking it to that next level. But to get started, this is great tips to look at the iPhoneography, to check out lenses for your phone. The gimbal is a great, uh, really great tip as well and not very expensive. Mm -hmm. So Kate, how could, a brand or a company or individuals reach out and work with you? And where can they find all of your amazing books?
2: Oh, so the books are everywhere, you know, everywhere books are sold, independent bookstores, which I would highly recommend trying to get them from just because they're, you know, they're, they're going away and, um, and they're just such amazing resources for people. Um, but they're, you know, the books are everywhere that you can find books. Um, and you can find me. I'm on, my website is a great place, kate t parker, um, dot com. and then I'm also kate t parker on Instagram, um, or also um, strong as new pretty on Instagram as well, which is more of our our um, our feed for girls and women and um, and more about the advocacy part of what we do. And then Kate T Parker is commercial work, me, the dogs, my kids, that mm-hmm. kind of
1: stuff. I love them both and you need to follow her on Instagram because her, her, the pictures are amazing and you can pick up your own tips from that. So Kate, if you could give one action item to our listeners that they could do right now, what would that be to help up their game in photography?
2: Um, Start taking pictures of the things that you find interesting and, and sort of challenge yourself to start looking. So developing that eye. So if something catches your eye, you find it interesting, take a picture of it do it again the next time. And then you start looking for that, look for pretty light, look for funny things that make you laugh. And then you start to realize maybe, um, maybe I don't need to be so close. That's, that's actually one tip that I I find for everyone is step a little bit away because everybody always tends to get a little too close. Um, so just get, get the scene in there. I love that. I just
1: wrote it down. And I'm already thinking about, and I know people are already thinking about computationally thinking this. I'm going to put that vocabulary back out there in terms of D. I'm already thinking about, hmm, what am I going to take some pictures of things I like? Maybe my next coffee mug. I love a good (laughs) coffee mug and a good wine glass. So, Kate, thank you so, so much for your time today. I appreciate your insight. You need to check out her website, KTParker.com. and her action item is to start taking a picture of, of things that you like, and don't be afraid. Just take a picture and put it out there and see, and see what happens. You're only going to get better, like she said, persistence, and keep trying until you get it to where you want it to be. Kate, you're an inspiration. I said it's a little bit of a girl crush because I picked up her book from an independent bookstore, and I went through it and I thought, you know what? This is amazing to showcase young ladies in this way and also young men, because I have a heart for the boys because I have two boys of my own. Thank you everyone for joining us on Coding the Future today. I hope you've learned something new about how to think about technology differently, how to think about yourself and your own passions and how you can start taking pictures of things you like. Join us on our next episode. And until then, We'll see you on the interwebs. Download our website or our podcast at Coding the Future on Voice America. Talk to everybody soon.
0: Thank you so much for listening to Coding the Future. Please join your host, Dr. Sharon Jones, for another edition next Wednesday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time. That's 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. We'll talk then.